1: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosher. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. And Landon, I will let you go ahead and tell the listeners why you have a new Twitter handle.
0: Well, I uh, f- first of all, I, I've, I've stopped working at Blogging the Boys (BTB) quite a while ago. But uh, John Owning, friend of the show and friend of mm-hmm. both of ours, and I uh, are starting up a, uh, another podcast uh, called uh, the. Best Coast Boys Pod, and and uh, we're so BCB's obviously that, so uh, we're, that that won't get started. It's a little bit later in the in the month when we get closer to training camp, and and obviously obviously you are going to be uh, as frequent a guest as <laughs> as you will
1: allow us and to and let's make one. it clear you're not leaving this show anytime soon
0: right oh no 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 absolutely not I- i'm no, kind of no, no, asking no no, no. <laughs> no no we are still doing this full go uh, oh he, this actually this is the first time he's asked yeah he, he waited till we got on air to to ask to f- put the pressure on me but uh no absolutely not locked on is still bright and rolling f- strong in the future uh, we're, we're actually gonna be kicking it back up uh you know yeah. here in a couple of weeks once we get closer to training camp to uh a little bit closer to our normal five times or four times a week so yeah uh, no absolutely not locked on uh, is still very much a priority and so we are we are still locked there you go.
1: on doing it, this podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thank
0: you Marcus, thank you. Thank you everyone. Uh, I just be want here to say week. really quick, thank <laughs> you
1: guys for uh who have been listening to us for the last year. Uh since January, we are over a 100,000 downloads and that's pretty impressive if you know the podcast world. Uh so thank you to each and every one of you. Uh the Cowboys kickoff training camp in about a month. Uh like Landon mentioned, we will be on the show four to five times a week. Uh, filling you guys in about all the latest news at a Cowboys camp. Um, But today we have some questions from some of you guys. Uh, I picked out five really good ones that you guys had, um, and we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Um, And this one's for you, Landon, because you deal with offensive linemen so often. Uh, From John Marshall, why does height matter for an offensive tackle as long as he has arm length? I thought this was a really good question. I'm interested to hear your response. This is a really good question, and, and and
0: the answer is that it's it's not that height. You know, it's like a lot of other things, and, and really height is kind of you know like a lot a lot of other physical measurements for other positions too, where it's there's it's more about thresholds. You know, it's like you probably don't want a tackle who is under six four, six three is probably you know right at the bottom, but but honestly, I mean to, to your point. Uh, John, the you know, as long as he has arm length, you know, I think that there is even a lot of flexibility there. I mean, I think if you look at what uh, Scaramucci is doing with the Patriots offensive line, uh, and, and they just uh, signed the uh, the kid from Georgia. I've already forgot all the draft uh-huh. prospects. Isaiah when. Win, yes. Isaiah Win from from Georgia yeah uh they already they've already uh designated that he's gonna be their left tackle so and 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 obviously you know all of the talk during the off season was about how when was gonna need to move inside because he's too short and and he does kind of uh, i can't remember what his measurement was length measurements were, but they aren't exactly long for an offensive tackle if I remember correctly, but they were pretty they were, i think he had like thirty yeah, i' looking in up charms, right now. if I'm not mistaken. Um, so while Marcus looks that up but I think that they were you know they were decently long for a guard but but kind of a little bit under uh average for uh, a tackle so but to kind of get to the overall question I I think that you're right that arm length is, is probably more uh uh important than than specific height and 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 even further to the point, I think that there is definitely a, a a point in which the height it goes the other way, right? Where where you, you can be too tall, and that can really uh, Dan Skipper, you know, affect your ability to play low to play with leverage. Uh, Dan Skipper, yeah, absolutely. And we talked about that with Skipper. Is you know the guy was yep, six ten, I think, right? Six nine, six ten. And when you watched him in you know, we talked about what it was going to be like in training camp, and then we get to training camp, and it was exactly what we said. You know, it was he can get away with it, you know, like he's good enough that his technique was good enough and his flexibility was good enough that he got away with it in the SEC, but getting away with it is not thriving. And I think that that's where, uh, you know, he, he was able to get away with that height, but it, it really, it didn't
1: serve yeah. him. And, and, and if anything, it, it, it made things more difficult. Yeah, so Isaiah win real quick, uh, six, two and a half, which is in the ninth percentile for offensive guards. I don't know what that it would be for offensive tackles. Uh, but arm length of thirty three and a half. I, honestly, it, it doesn't half, bother yeah. me. If he's you know six two, six three, and he has above average arm length, that's fine. His feet are so good that it doesn't matter to me. I I I think yeah. more into. The- I mean, just like everything right, else,
0: there's exceptions. Sure. You know, there's that. No, just gonna say there's always exceptions. So like, the, the, keep in mind that when we're having this conversation, that you know, there's there's guys out there that have talent that that you know, just like there's is a wide receiver and stuff like that. There's guys that they're. That, that have talent that exceed these thresholds. So don't just look inside the threshold, just know that the thresholds
1: are... This is what's normal right, and for I the think NFL. sometimes we even go a little bit too far with, uh, you know, offensive t- tackle arm. Sure. Like. I, in today's NFL, with so many passes being, you know, three-step drops, right of shotgun, I'd rather have the guy with a technique that can stay in front of the guy, doesn't get beat, you know, doesn't whiff. Uh, Eric Flowers, perfect example of a guy that has all the measurables, but his technique is so bad that it ends up hurting you. So give me give me the shorter yeah. arm guys that know how to play the position over these, you know, the prototypes. But uh, great, great question from josh uh next one from charlie ewing what do you think will be the most surprising thing to come out of the cowboys passing game now we've talked about the cowboys passing game at length here uh you know we expect it to be a more rpo uh driven offense so what do you think What, what do you expect to be the most surprising thing from this cowboys passing attack I
0: mean this is tough because I mean what's expected? Nothing. Like, I guess like you know I mean what is it what is it going to be surprising about the Cowboys passing game? I, I think at this point I I think at this point you know um you know likely what it's going to be is uh, you know the distribution of passes, the uh, the amount of of uh Passes that are gone to non-wide receivers, maybe. I, I I don't know. Like I think, you know, I think that surprising is difficult because, uh, like I said, I, I think outside of the idea that Cole Beasley is probably going to get some catches out of the slot and, and Ezekiel Elliott uh, uh, is going to catch more passes probably than he has previously, I don't know. Like I don't know of anything that is like sure enough. To not be called a surprise, you know, like I would, I, I, you know, you could be. What's the most surprising thing to come out of the Cowboys passing game? That Terrence Williams isn't mm. on the team. That could be the most surprising thing to come out. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I that could be it. You know, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. Uh, that that Michael Gallup is is the number one receiver on the team.
1: That, that Terrence uh, Williams you know, is the number that, one receiver that, that, at the end of the year. Like, that, that, it's sure, it's so crazy absolutely. that he could be off the <laughs> roster before week one. Or the team's leading receiver by the end of week seventeen. I mean, both of those are in play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
0: and I think that you know that uh, I, I, that's why this is a very difficult question. Just because to me, it's it's choosing the surprising thing. First of all, generally, when people ask you to choose something surprising, it's difficult because obviously, if it was surprising, sure. you wouldn't sure. be able to predict it. But but obviously, at this, you know, at the same time, to, in order to answer the question, I, I mean. I think th- this question has really been flipped on its head because there's so much you know, unknown there, uh, especially for us. I mean, I think there's a lot more known for the coaches, but I, if there's so much unknown for us who haven't even seen these guys really on the field yet, uh, that it's difficult to kind of anticipate,
1: you know, what, what's norm? What's the norm for the Dallas Cowboys um, passing? I'm going to go now? ahead and add this because I, I'm not sure this is going to be surprising to some people, but... I don't think the Cowboys are going to miss Dez Bryant a ton between the twenties this year. And I know, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings on Dez, but the way this offense is designed and them going to more RPOs. And I think probably a heavier reliance on the screen game. I don't think you're going to miss Dez as much on third downs as you may think that the Cowboys miss him. Where are they going to miss Dez is in, you know, down in the red zone where he occupies a defender and a half. Um, But between the twenties, I think they're going to be just as good, if not better, than they have been in the last previous uh, seasons. Um, speaking of surprising, at uh, Ryan27 wants to know which group do you see surprising us more, the defensive backs or the wide receivers?
0: Well, I mean, just to kind of go back to what was, we just said, I mean, I think we, the defensive backs, uh, it Might be a little bit different because I feel like there is a level of expectation there. With I, mean, I think we feel like we've got good depth at corner. Um, you know, I think we're still trying to figure out exactly what we've got in our safeties. But I, I think that you know, if we're asking which group do I see us see surprising more, I think I it's probably the wide receivers because I, I just uh, there's like I said, there's just uh,
1: no known entity there that really. So uh, anything from them is probably. Right, and I think Not there's expected. an ex- expectation that this Cowboys defensive back group is going to take a step up. with So many guys, uh, you know, being young players, and Jordan Lewis, and Chidobe Awuzie, and Xavier Woods. I think, I, I kind of think everybody is already anticipating that they're going to be much better. Um, I, I think most people think the Cowboys are going to have the worst receiving core in the league. So, if they get, you know, anything above, you know, being a average group with their receivers, I think that that'll be very, very surprising. Guys, if you're like me, your schedule is packed with meetings, deadlines, and projects. It never leaves enough time to take care of ourselves. Uh, not enough sleep, not enough healthy diet, too much soda, whatever it is, you name it, life gets in the way. I'm excited to announce that we've partnered with a company called FNX, one of the fastest growing companies in the fitness and health space. Their products are clean and they get the job done. Check this out. They recently unveiled their new Dad Bod Bundle which is basically a monthly fountain of youth, a sleep aid, curl oil, and a testosterone boost to make you feel like you're back in your 20s. Every product from FNX is legit. Personally, I've started drinking their AM protein mix with their greens every morning. It tastes great, uh, and you notice the difference immediately. You sleep better, you wake up better, uh, you you don't feel groggy in the morning. Uh, It's absolutely perfect. For our listeners only, go to fnxfit.com. Use offer code locked on FNX. That's locked on FNX at the checkout and get a 10% discount on all products. Fnxfit.com. Offer code locked on FNX. That's FNX. Live in victory every day. Uh, from at Andrew Davis NFL. Ooh, I love this question. What would the Cowboys have to accomplish this season? In order for you to say it's a successful year, I'm interested in hearing your your response on this <laughs> one, Landon.
0: This this could be a whole podcast this 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 question. I mean, you know, look, I I think that this is a you know this is an interesting question every year because honestly, it's it's very difficult. Uh, I I think the Cowboys fans usually go into these these seasons with such widely varying ideas of what is success for this team that, that, you know, obviously presents a lot of the problems when we all battle each other about things, you know. So I I think that for me, uh, you know, uh, I think that they need to make the playoffs. Like, I think that that's
1: that's like, I think that's the the threshold for minimum success. And I would say that's would what's going to keep Jason Garrett's job. Don't you think it, they have to make the playoffs in order yeah. for most of the staff yeah. to come back?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, success, you know, successful is, I mean, then, now we're going to start talking about semantics and you know what I'm saying? Like uh, success is, can be measured so many different ways and, and can mean so many different things to so many different people. Um, and, you know, their goals are not, you know, to make the playoffs. Like that's not. I mean, they're obviously hoping for more than that. I obviously would hope for more from them as well. I mean, I I would like for them to make a little run. I'd love for them to make the. To, you know, I wouldn't mind for them. To, I, I wouldn't to win even the be Super negative Bowl about, about that. I, I, I have would have a, a hard time be, being negative about them. You know, making
1: it to the Super Bowl. No,
0: but I, you know, I, yeah. So I I just I think that I I think that you know what what you're going in for a minimum requirement is that they make the playoffs um and then outside of that you know the level of success is uh, rises with every win you know i think it's uh it's you know uh, the optimism and the and the the i guess i mean what's the feeling that you feel at the end of the season when it, i mean like you know like how did you feel at the end of the 2016 Bad. season Bad. you know it's like see that's the thing is that like i i felt good because like i felt like okay it, it didn't End the way I wanted, but it was a good season, and I feel like there's a lot of good things going I forward. I felt
1: I felt so bad like, about it though I, I because I, I thought that was a team that had a Super Bowl caliber roster in a year that I thought you know they very well could have went to the Super Bowl, and I think that's uh, obviously this is a different discussion, but I think that's why I felt so upset about that season. This year, um, I actually ha- it, 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 I have some different ideas of what would be successful, and it actually doesn't go along with the team. It's like, for instance. If Dak Prescott improves and he looks like the quarterback that we saw in the first 24 games of the season rather than the last six, I think that's a successful season because now you know you have a franchise quarterback. If if, if your defense is just too young and that makes you go 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, I get that. I, I, I would still consider that a success. But if you are 10-6 and six and Prescott really struggles and you sneak your way into the playoffs and you lose in the first round, I'm not sure that's successful. Does that make sense to you? That's why. That's why right. this is
0: difficult. You know, it's because you're, we're being asked to put you know specific context on what we would feel satisfied, and 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 I don't know that either of us know sure. without seeing it. You know, so uh, I think it's all determined on uh, on whatever you know actually happens. The 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 particulars of the deal, I think, are very important here. But to kind of in order to answer the question, I would say again that. I think if you're starting to form the basis of an agreement on what would be a successful season, I think the basis, the 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 foundation
1: of that agreement would be making. All the right, plans. and our last question comes from Ken. Uh, which quarterback of the last twenty years do you compare oh, the man. most to Dak Prescott? Uh, if you need time, I've got my answer. And I can go ahead and go first. Do you want me to go? Yeah, give me, give give me one second. Right. I want to look uh, up mine is, and I think people are going to take this one the wrong way, uh, but it's David Garrard. If if you remember back to like two thousand six, two thousand seven, David Garrard was a really really good quarterback. Uh, similar build, similar style of play. Good runners, not great runners. Uh, Garrard was always a guy that was. Pretty pretty good at keeping the interception totals down. Uh, a pretty accurate quarterback. Now, he got stuck in a bad situation in Jacksonville with some pretty bad rosters. But when he had some talent, he was able to take the Jaguars to the divisional round. They beat Pittsburgh in, a, in an awesome wild card game. Uh, I think Prescott is a better version of David Garrard. But that kind of quarterback. David Garrard's yeah. a good one. Um I mean, yeah. As far as if we're talking about types, right? I'm not right? saying I mean, we're not he, about Prescott. Yeah, I'm not saying Prescott is yeah. the yeah, sure. style of quarterback. Sure.
0: You know, it's funny because the name that popped into my head immediately when when uh, when I got asked this kind of surprised me. Um, but Jake Plummer—that's a good one—is is the guy that that I, I I thought that to me if you look at you know uh, you know now now I think that Dak is probably a better a more accurate passer, um, you know I think that he, but I think that as far as how they like to win games how they like to play the game. I see a lot of that, you know. I see a lot of liking to throw the ball on the move, liking to go through uh, all his uh, all his options, um, and and I feel like you know, the, the obviously, by the end of 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 Jake's career. Uh, and then actually the beginning too. I I really kind of mean middle of the career, Jake Plummer, because at the beginning and at the end he struggled with kind of giving the ball. You're thinking like 2003,
1: 2004, 2005, Plummer. Yeah,
0: I'm thinking like yeah, like like right, right, like his last few years at Denver, and then like you know his first few years in Arizona. Like he was he was a good quarterback at at you know. You know, playing on his, playing with his, using his legs to his advantage, um, seeing, running the offense well, and and then, you know, making plays as needed uh, uh, in order to continue, uh, you know, I think that we get caught up a lot with, and I I saw this discussion online, you know, and I actually participated a little bit on it, where, where, you know, people want to talk about, like, scheme agnostic quarterbacks, Hmm. I just don't think that those guys no, exist. Like, I just don't think that that's. I just don't think that that's a real thing. Like, people talk about, you know, like I, I saw someone uh, talking about how uh, Dak is a good quarterback in a system that uh, in a system that he fits uh, with good people around him and, and, a, and a defense and a, and a championship level defense, he can win a Super Bowl. And to me, that's every <laughs> yes. starting quarterback yes. in the NFL. You know, is it like if if you get the, if you get the right quarterback in the right system, it doesn't matter if he's the best quarterback. He can win the Super Bowl. And if you don't believe me, Nick Foles just won mm-hmm. the Super
1: Bowl. And there's also it goes, it goes the other way. So, I, I don't think every single scheme is set up for Aaron Rodgers to thrive. I think there are some schemes. If you put him no, in, no. oh man, if you put him in Hugh Jackson system in Cleveland. I'm not sure that Rodgers is, you know, the same Rodgers that we see in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy. So obviously, the system matters for every single quarterback. Well, the the, the
0: original debate that uh, that that whole argument I had was where I saw came up with was someone was talking about Tom Brady, and they talking about what if Tom Brady had gone into an air Coryell system? He would have oh, absolutely. it would have been terrible. Like he, I mean, because the, the guy can't, uh, could I mean, that's just not his strength. Uh, you know, throwing down the field, like throwing a bang. It never has been. Like, can you imagine rookie Tom Brady? You think imagine rookie Tom Brady trying right. to throw that throw? No. Like, so I, I think the the point is is that you try to get quarterbacks who are an extension of the system. You know, and sometimes that may not look as impressive because the system doesn't dictate that it needs to look that impressive. But I think that you know, those guys, you know, that can do that, can run the the offense well, that are a good, not just a good fit, but like are an extension of the offense themselves, and then guys who can like make plays when when the the play breaks down, when you get outside of the system of the offense, can you still continue to make plays? To me, Dak Prescott sure. can do all those things, and and I think some of them extremely well, and and so that's where I see you know some Jake Plummer in him. I I think he's kind of like a. Combination of Jake Plummer and a miniature Cam Newton.
1: I like it. I like it.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think that's. I think that's the x x x and y axis of there is. You know, he's not. He's obviously not the athlete that Cam Newton is. But I think, as far as how he plays, how he likes to win, uh,
1: I think you know those three guys are not that far and off. I think from Cam and Dak's ability to stand in the pocket and feel so calm and comfortable uh, is what reminds me a lot of this. Yeah. Um, so good. I like those. Uh, all right. Before we go, um, I have a little trivia question for you guys. Yeah, Real quick, Real quick, real quick, real quick. The
0: last thing I, I would just say is that flip their passing though, flip, because I think that Dak is a better short, uh, short to medium distant passer. Cam's a better down the field passer than he is a short passer. That, that would be my only thing, right? It's like, because
1: Cam wants yeah, to get Yeah, it's because his, his arm is so strong. strong. And Prescott's is—he has a good arm, yeah, but it's nowhere near as, as as good as Cam. No, um, no, they both struggle with anticipation. It's yeah. both—you know—one of their biggest weaknesses. I—I uh, I don't think. I'm not saying Prescott's. It's going to always hold him back because most young quarterbacks do struggle with anticipation, but it's just not something that's a strength of either of theirs right now.
0: Yeah, he's a see it throw
1: it guy. Just I mean right. just like Tom Brady. Yeah, and, you know, Brady has always been that way and that's one of the reasons why they've went with this inside out passing game is because this these inside slot receivers and running backs can create the quicker separation rather than the outside, you know, receivers. They, in New England, they have not had yep. they have not had yep. great outside receivers outside of Randy Moss in the last what 20 years that they've been successful, right? Yeah, and,
0: and and despite and despite the fact that all the numbers that they may look like they're a pass-heavy team, I mean it's Earnhardt Perkins. They're still using the run to set up the pass as well. There, it just you know the the passes, the number of passes may not show that, but it is still very much the case. That's why they they take the running back spot seriously. I mean they may not invest in one spot one
1: guy but that's why they cl- get a collection of guys because they know that they have needs right, at that spot they invest in it different ways. They, they throw a lot of money at two or three guys and yeah. you know they paid james white they drafted sony michelle uh they paid rex burkhead so we you know they, i can't even think they spending a first round pick on lawrence maroney new england has always valued that position and i know a lot of people want to make the argument that they haven't but they have um they absolutely right. do yeah last thing Uh, A trivia question for you guys because there's nothing else going on in the summer. Uh, The winner of this trivia question will receive a free copy of my 2018 Dallas Cowboys roster guide. All you have to do is at me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. The first person to get the answer correct, uh, go ahead and send me your email and I will send you a copy of the roster guide. All right, here is the question. Which Cowboys quarterback has thrown the most passes in franchise history without throwing a touchdown in the regular season? I'll repeat that again. Which quarterback in Cowboys franchise history ha- has thrown the most passes without throwing a touchdown in the regular season? So go ahead and send me your answers. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if you guys can get this – It's pretty difficult uh the the names are, are are bad uh but that's it for today's show for today's show thank you guys for tuning in uh make sure you subscribe to the podcast on itunes or wherever you get your podcast follow lenin at mccool 2 b you can follow the, oh sorry mccool bcb i forgot to change that mccool bcb uh you can follow the show at locked on cowboys and i'm at marcus underscore mosier and we will see you next time